Hello and welcome to another episode of Seen Anything Good Lately. I'm Jason Solomons and today I'll be asking two more guests what they're up to and what they've been watching. I've been watching a lot of documentaries and there's a, and there's a one I watched the other night, Social Dilemma. What did I just watch? Oh, Amadeus. God, I love that film. We'll be hearing from Dave Johns, the Newcastle comic who became a film star in Can winner I, Daniel Blake, and is now starring in the winsome rom-com 23 Walks, opposite Alison Steadman and a couple of cute dogs. And I've got the charming actor Parker Sawyers, who played Barack Obama in Southside with You, and this week can be seen in Monsoon, a Vietnam-set love drama opposite Henry Golding. They're great guests, and I can't wait for you to hear from them, but we'll do that just as soon as I've told you if I've seen anything good lately. I'm really enjoying the BBC One drama Us, adapted by David Nichols from his own best-selling novel. I thought Tom Hollander was terrific as Douglas Peterson, a man who knows his wife wants to end their long marriage, but insists on going on one last family holiday, interrailing around Europe's art galleries with their only son. Albie. It's a comedy of pain and melancholy, but it's also very funny, and I thought they got the tone just right. I've only seen two episodes so far. I'm really looking forward to the final two episodes. I read the book, and it's coming back to me as I'm watching the series, which is an added pleasure. I went to see Bill and Ted face the music at the cinema. No need to worry about the rule of six there. It was just us four and two other people in the whole of Islington View screen one. Oh dear. What's going on? Is no one going to the movies? I I liked Bill and Ted. It was a rather sweet film and a bit silly, but Keanu and Alex were great together. And the idea of recruiting the best band ever, Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Mozart and some others, in order to save reality was quite well done. As ever with these long-awaited threequels, it was never going to recapture the spirit of the first hit, but it didn't ruin the memories either. And I've got to say, my kids liked it too. And listening-wise, I've been enjoying Alicia Keys's new album, her seventh, just called Alicia. It's a bit overfilled, but that's okay. And there are three or four really good songs on it, including a sweet collaboration with Jill Scott and a nice track called Underdog. So I sing a song for the hustlers trading at the bus stop, single mothers waiting on a check to come young teachers, student doctors, sons on the front line, knowing they don't get to run. This goes up to the underdog, keep on keeping that what you love, and you'll find that someday, soon enough, you will now it's time for my first guest, Dave Johns. He became famous at a late age when starring for Ken Loach as the titular hero of I, Daniel Blake, which won the Palm d'Or at Cannes. He went on to be part of the ensemble of feel-good Cornish choir story, Fisherman's Friends, and is now starring in 23 Walks, playing a man who meets a woman as they both walk their respective dogs in a North London park, and they strike up a tentative late-life romance over a series of, well, 23 dog walks. Hello, Henry. Where did you pop up from? Henry, come here. Where's your missus got you? Henry! No worries. There's no trouble. They're friends now. Can I give him a treat? I don't think so. <coughs> well, if you must. Come on. Come on, Henry. Oh, there you go. Go off and play. Go on. Are you always here? Yeah, usually, this time. Either here on the fields, 
Do you know King George's Fields? No. A lot of people don't. They're lovely. Come on, I'll show you. It's all right, I believe you. And I'm delighted to be joined by Dave John, star of 23 Walks. Congratulations, Dave, on the film. Another film star role for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Alison Stedman, this is, she's a proper, oh. proper actor. No offence oh, to you, know, she's a proper actress, mate. I know, I was thrilled, and she's as lovely as you would expect her to be, you know? We got on great. Did you see yeah. that with her, like, technique? Obviously, you didn't have that, that luxury here with Paul no. Morrison directing 23 Walks, but you, you can see that in, in the bones of the way she performs. You recognise yeah. that, you know? Yeah, I was just sitting one day. Somebody's phone went off. Um, and it was one of those old, you know, those old sort of, like, 1950s-type phone. Yeah. And all I said was, um, hello, Whitehall 247. And immediately she went, Hello, Gerald, it's Felicity. I'm sorry I haven't come home tonight. We just started this improv thing, so we had this little sort of um, character zig that we did when we weren't filming. And I had my first sex scene with her as well, which I never thought I was going to be doing at the age of 64 in a film, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was. And it's quite, it's quite, you know, interesting. You bring it up. Uh, so you should. You should be proud of it. But um, you, you're, you're right. It's what When you're watching it, you're like, oh, we don't. Don't see sex scenes between sixty-four-year-old. Uh, no, you don't. Yeah, on, yeah. On the British yeah. screen, it's quite quite yeah. interesting to to, to feature. Uh, that, uh, presumably, that was in the script, and you knew that's what you were going to do going in. Yeah. it's kind of the point of the movie in a way. Yeah, it was. It was very sort of test You know, it, it was more last of the summer wine than Game of Thrones. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and obviously, Alison's done. Like, you know, she was telling me she did a sex scene years ago with with uh, Tom Jones in the younger days. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I've got a match up to that. Have I? <laughs> um, um, we, we were ready for the scene to do the scene and we had our bathrobes on. It was a closed set and all that. And, um, and they give you these like, you know, these modesty pants that they wear, like flesh coloured things. And I was thinking under my sort of like bathrobe, I was thinking, these are really uncomfortable. And I said to the wardrobe, these are really uncomfortable. And she went, well, it shouldn't be that industry standard. Everybody uses them. So she just give us a look. And she, I opened my bathrobe and I had them on back to front. So that just shows you. And it wasn't a pretty sight. It wasn't a pretty sight. And, and so that brought the whole bloody um, crew to laughter, you know. So we had to have a little bit of a break while I sort of put them on the right way. <laughs> well, this is this is this is this is getting into the nitty gritty of British the British film industry uh, here, Dave. It is a really sweet film as oh, well, but you, it's um, it's beautifully played. Yeah, and it and yet I say it's sweet, but it's also not, is it? It, it it's hard at some points and sad in some points. We, it, it's interesting, isn't it, when you're a comedian? You're sometimes playing it for the laughs is easier. Yeah, but when you veer into the territory of actually sort of making it hit and land emotionally, you know, I cried a couple of times throughout the film you know that's that's really yeah. when you when you when you're in different territory did you did you feel like you know going there was you know was it was a real pleasure for you as a comedian to to sort of take someone into a different realm i take on board what ken loach said to me on my first day and daniel blake he said just play the truth and if you play the truth then the emotions will be right and that's what i try to do in, in all the films now you know and you know and also you've got somebody like alison who's got Loads of experience, you know, and, and you know, and, and they're two quite different characters. Alison's character, Fern's a bit spiky at first, you know, mm. and Dave's quite sort of like, you know, he just plods through. And one time you think, I was thinking, why is Dave bothering with that? 
with, with food. She's so spiky. And then I had to deal with the dogs as well. Yeah, you know, they say don't don't act with uh, with, with dogs, but this is like, the dogs are pretty good in this. I know. I mean, I'm not saying they're acting you off the set, but I mean, oh, some much. of yeah, that sniff, yeah. some of that sniffing is is you know top quality rather rather dog sniffing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. You mentioned Ken Loach there with uh, Daniel Blake, yeah. and of course, everyone sort of recognizes you from that. You sort of become this this character. That that film changed your life, didn't it? I mean, I've, I, I think I met you in Cannes for that, and that, yeah, I mean, the start yeah. of the start of an extraordinary journey that leads you here. What an amazing thing that film is! Because I say it changed your life. I think it changed quite a lot of people's lives. Everyone who saw it, in a way. And also, I think, especially now with all what's happening with unemployment, now there's a lot of people who have been used to working for years and years and years are now finding themselves unemployed and having to go on universal yeah. credit and that, you know. And and I think that they're going to see the reality of it. And yeah, it did. It moved a lot of people. You know, I still get stopped in the street now and people say how much they meant, how how much that film meant to them. You know, Ken has a history actually of working with with him because he did Ricky Tomlinson. He's worked with before, and I think that he, he finds a real. Uh, I think John Bishop he even worked with. Once yeah, yeah, he did John Bishop. Yeah, what he says is he says that um, the reason why he likes comedians is because we, we are very good at communicating because we have to go on stage and communicate to a thousand people and make those thousand people think that we are talking to just them individually and he likes that sort of approach that they're very good at communicating their feelings and their emotions and and so I think that's why he likes comics you know well I think people forget laugh. that about the films that they're quite funny often yeah, as, as, yeah. Is, as is Daniel Blake has got moments of real tender comedy yeah. in between the, 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 the sort of heartbreaking tragedy as life has comedy and tragedy and life and, and comedy sometimes helps you get through all the worst parts of your life really forgive me but I've never actually seen you do Doing your your stand up after all I'm these years, I've, I've seen. Of course, you're absolutely brilliant. You're slaying it. I'm surprised you're not in Vegas. Uh, I mean, you're obviously a, a northern comedian, Newcastle. It comes with the territory, a bit of you know grit within the within the humour. Is that what you've always done, or, or is it? Well, well, I've been a stand up for thirty years, you know, and it's basically I like doing stand up because it, it's that immediate hit you get. You know, you go on stage and you know within the first couple of minutes whether you're doing well or not and so you know I, I, that's my first love is standing on stage and making people laugh there's nothing better than standing but what on are stage are you gags are you observational or it, what? It, I, I talk about all sorts of weird stuff you know just what makes me laugh things that make me laugh I do on stage I just think of an idea and I just lock myself in the office and I just start talking and ranting and sort of like and going off on little tangents and then eventually something funny will make me laugh and then I'll write it down on a whiteboard and then I'll go okay I can go that way and that's how I develop my stuff you know it's all stuff stuff that that, that I've, I've developed in my mad crazy head and it's mm-hmm. great that not only because it makes me laugh it it makes I found it can make other people laugh yeah. as well. As I called you, you would you, you just got some bad news, is that right? Oh, Have yeah, you gone into yeah. lockdown in Newcastle? What's happened? Oh yeah, they've got this lockdown. Basically what's happened is uh, I haven't done a gig since um the end of February and I was doing two shows at the stand in Newcastle this weekend and they just phoned up and said, Oh, this lockdown they've got a curfew so basically the shows have been cancelled. So I was like I was it was a gl- I thought, Oh at last this glimmer of hope and I've been feverishly trying to remember what my sets are because yeah. I've never done any gigs. Can can you make 
comedy out of the situation we're in now? Don't you have to to get by? I did I did have this idea of a joke where I was thinking about you know all the different mixed messages that the government giving and they were saying about social distancing in pubs and one of the government ministers said, well, well, you know, you might find it difficult to remember about social distancing if you've been out drinking all day. And I was just thinking, have any of these people ever been drinking out there? The last time I went out drinking all day, I came back dressed as a rabbit. So you know what I mean? <laughs> well, Dave, yeah. John, it's lovely to have you on the show. In fact, because no, of that, I'm I... going to have to ask you the uh, the key question, uh, Dave Johns. you seen anything good lately? I think I've watched everything that Netflix and Amazon Prime have done. I've been watching a lot of documentaries, you know what I yeah. mean? And there's, a, and there's a one I watched the other night, Social Dilemma, about... about oh, yes, I haven't seen... I've seen the, the, that coming on, and I thought, well, I don't quite know what that is, so I haven't, I haven't delved into that. What, what is the Social it's quite, Dilemma? Well, it's about, basically, um, people who have worked in social media, sort of like for Google, who developed all the algorithms, and people who developed stuff for Facebook, and just how scary and manipulative it is... <laughs> And using psychology to keep you engaged and how addictive social media is, you know, and it's all been planned and it's really quite, it's a very interesting documentary, but it's quite scary, you know, and then I watched, and then I watched last night, I watched the Ian Curtis film you know about about joy division oh, what the, control the um Anthony yeah. Corbett one with uh, with sam morton's in it as well and uh, yeah, sam, sam riley plays uh, plays ian curtis in it um yeah it, it was fantastic it's yeah, great yeah, film. Yeah, i watched that yes i watched that and uh that was a so, can yes, one as well that one that one debuted at Cannes several years before i daniel blake did but that's where it made its big impact its first screening everyone came back oh god you've got to see this amazing british film yeah, um, I think because what happens is with biopics, usually they can be a bit cheesy and a bit sort of, but that one had real grit to it. It had real drag out of tash, you know, it had a, it had a, bit, a, a bit of substance yeah. where a lot, where I didn't really like the, um, the, uh, the Queen one. I thought it was too sort of cheesy. It was you a know? bit I, cheesy, wasn't it, really? Yeah. It didn't go to where it should have gone. No, I think well, the Elton John one was much better. The Elton John one. Rocket Man, Rocket yes. Man, yeah, yeah. It had much more sort of like a bite to it, you know? Yeah, I really enjoyed Rocket Man uh, as yeah. well. Although the Queen one obviously did the biggest business of all of them, you know, because it's the more acceptable around the world, I suppose. But that Ian Curtis one, that control, you know, that goes to the dark side, doesn't it? It really gets really sad, yeah. you know? You know, and everybody likes watching, but, 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 but I do think that sometimes biopics are a bit too sort of like there's not much substance to them you know apart from the music in the but, but I loved Control I thought oh yeah that's like it's like a real picture do you know what I mean it's a real weighty picture and it's, a, and it's great performances as well so how, did, how did you find that one you were just like, uh, did you say well I've got to go and look for that or did you come across it in the 70s I was into rock bands I was into Led Zeppelin and right. stuff like that and then David Bowie and I never really got in in the end I, I never really got into sort of like to Joy Division and to uh, in, 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 so uh, I started to listen to their music a few years back and then and then I just saw it and I thought oh god I'll have a look at that and I really enjoyed it you know yeah do you watch yeah. other comedians do you watch uh stand-up there's quite a few stand-up shows on on netflix you know? i i'll watch a few stand-ups when um if i'm doing a gig my favorite sound like sean lock or bill bailey i went to see bill bailey's social distancing gig uh, uh, last week up at the race course and now i'm friends with bill so i went to that but yeah how's he? Never... Is he on good form yeah yeah on great form but i could never I've got no, like young comics sometimes used to come to my house and go, you've got no DVDs of comedies. Yeah. And I go, and I, and I, goes, I, goes, I couldn't think anything worse than sitting in the house watching the stand-up comic. Getting, because what would happen is I'd want 
to be on stage getting the laughs. Yes. You know what I mean? So I just don't, I don't really enjoy watching stand. I like watching stand ups if I'm in a gig and I might watch a bit of them at the back of the room or something like that, or the ones I enjoy live, but I would never watch a DVD. You're old school yourself, been doing it 30 yeah. years, but there must have yeah. been some that influenced you. With, well, with Dave you. Allen, Dave Allen, I love Dave Allen. I loved, I, I thought Dave Allen was great, you know, but I used to watch stuff like Built Over with me dad when yeah. I was a kid, you know, in, in Hancock's half hour. But when I liked Dave Allen, I thought he was very good, you know, and I and obviously, you know, sort of like when I was a teenager, Monty Python and that. But but it was but it was just because I started my own cockney club, you know. I started my own club in Newcastle in 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 the late eighties that I got into doing stand up, you know, and uh, I suppose that was the big what the big flourishing of it, wasn't it? Yeah. When 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 the comedy store started down here in London and the alternative yeah. comedians, Alexis Sale, Ben Elton, uh, all, yeah. all started doing that alternative comedy. We, was that your approach in that, what we call alternative back then, slightly political Maggie Thatcher minor strike stuff? Well, basically, I went, I used to work in the fly floor at the Tiny Theatre and I went down to London in the 80s and I went to the comedy store and I thought, my God, this is absolutely amazing. So there was a restaurant next door to the theatre and it was empty and I said, can I put a comedy club on? So I just put a comedy club on <laughs> there and, and then got people like Jack D and Joe Brand and Frank Skinner to come up and that's how I got into doing stand-up, you know? Wow, so I, you invited, you were the impresario in some way yeah yeah i just i've just basically fell into my career right away through my life you know what i mean it's a bit crazy really and then you know and then ken came along and then i auditioned for that you know it just it wasn't planned you know it all just seems to happen you know well it's a very good way i mean it's, it seems to be working with uh, 23 walks as well is a lovely little addition to Thanks, that man. Uh, Thank you. I, I thought it was a sparkling little film as well you know one that completely took me by surprise i was like oh well, this is going to be cheesy and yeah uh, and and it is in moments that's right but yeah. as i said i cried as i said i cried twice in that film I, i'm trying to remember the, the moments i did it, it unexpected times you know just little yeah. little moments little touches yeah. here and there hey listen <laughs> mate i tell you what i saw during lockdown i saw a, a rerun of the chase in which you smashed it dave john yeah you see yeah 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 i, I gave the beast a run for his money didn't i didn't you just yeah exactly is that a, do you, are you a quiz fan or you just happen to no 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 no, no, no. I'm, you know what it is? It's like, that's why I'm a comedian. My head is full of absolute rubbish. And I think that's why I can do comedy, because I've got all these weird references that are just in my head. I don't know. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, was, it was a pleasure watching them pour out of you. Improvised quiz answering. Uh, it was brilliant. Great to see you in 23 Walks, mate. Thanks for joining me on Seen Anything Good lately. Really, real pleasure to have the you, Daniel Blake, on with me, Jason Solomons. Thank you, man. And if you're in the North London area on September the 24th, I'll be doing a live Q&A at the Everyman Barnet, where the film was set with Alison Steadman and director Paul Morrison, and hopefully with Dave Johns. But hopefully, no dogs. My next guest is Parker Sawyers, the charismatic actor who played Barack Obama in Southside with You, the story of his first date with Michelle, as played by Tika Sumter in that 2016 romance. Parker now stars in Monsoon. It's a tender love story set in Vietnam, co-starring Henry Golding as both characters search for their identities, both sexual and personal, in a film written and directed by Cambodian-born Londoner Hong Kao, whose debut lilting I was a big fan of back in 2014. You look bored. No, not at all. Didn't think I'd see you again. I'm glad you came. What do you think of the event? Saigon's really thriving. It's a hive of opportunities. 
You can really make something yourself here. Is that why you're here? I'm here to oversee the production of my clothing company. To exploit cheap labor. To contribute towards their growing economy. This is one of my designs. It's really nice. Yeah, it's a cool brand. My curve. Because I'm not straight. Nice. Totally awesome, man. Are you laughing at me? No, I'm not. I wasn't. It's a nice name. With your own curve. I get it. It's playful. <laughs> and I'm thrilled to be joined by Parker Sawyers right now. Parker, welcome to the show. Lovely to see you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to see you. Um, listen, it's a beautiful film, Monsoon. How did you get involved with that one? I mean, there you are driving your bike through the streets of Vietnam. That looks that looks like a stunt in itself. That's dangerous stuff. It is. I Yeah, Monsoon was just that kind of story. I mean, I'm American, but I live in London now for 12 years. My wife is Lithuanian, and so we both know that feeling of being displaced or at least moving to a new place and making it your own. So I immediately identified with Lewis, then Kit, Henry Golding's character. I guess he's new to Vietnam in a way. So both characters are just like, yes, I know what that feels like. Yeah. What does history and generational trauma feel like and that kind of thing. So I just love the script. Playing with Henry Golding, tell me about that because uh, his star is, is, is huge after Crazy Rich Asians. What a, what a great film that was. So uh, he, did he, come, yeah. he came to this after that or this was before? So this was after, after he had filmed it, mm. before it was out. And so I was just finishing up a TV show in Australia. And then I got the email like, hey, it's Henry Golding. And I was like, okay. I, you know, he was unknown at the point, at the time. So I looked him up and I was like, yo, this guy's good looking. I was like, he's really charming. I was like, he's new? Like he's a new actor? You know, he seems very comfortable on camera. It was just like, all right. And then I get there and I didn't know, one, it is his personality. But two, I didn't realize he had done a BBC travel show because he just seemed super comfortable in Ho Chi Minh. Just like, hey, man. So, yeah, we just go this way. Turns out he lives in Singapore and um, he'd come over to Ho Chi Minh City to get suits. So he was very comfortable there. But then I learned that's really just how he is. He's a chill guy, like just zanned out. Very nice, you know, a super gentleman. But I saw the trailer when I was there. I was crazy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next day I go, oh, honey. You're gonna be a star. Yeah. We'll see. And I go, no, you'll you'll be a star. The two of you are great together. Uh, it's uh, you know, and it, the film really gets the uh, that 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 Ho Chi Minh, that Hanoi feeling. I mean, I, I actually have never been. I've been to Bangkok many times. Never been to Vietnam. Oh, this yeah. film made me want to go immediately to Vietnam. How was it filming there? As I said, those streets, that that the, the buzz of the traffic seemed to be you know really part of the character that you had to play with. You know, those were the things you were playing with. The, the more the film goes on, you're like, oh yeah, there's more motorcycles, there's more bike rides because it's such a feature yeah, there. It totally is. Um, I arrived at like six six thirty in the morning or something like that, and the traffic was okay. I mean, there was a lot of traffic for six six thirty, but I thought, yeah. Okay, well, that's what it is. I go out to meet Henry at like midday. It was just like everywhere. And it's one of those things you just have to start walking. There's no like signs. You just start walking and they'll go around you. It's amazing. So is that yeah. what it's like when, when you're filming there? Because it's quite a still little movie. You know, I guess there's a rush going around it, but actually, you know, Kit, Kit Henry's character and yourself, you're, you're having, you know, reflective moments within this maelstrom. Well, I think that's part of what, you know, what was beautiful with Hong. I mean, it's funny you say that. I can't think of anything that seemed crazy distracting and I'm easily distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I suppose that is sort of, uh, sort of supposed to be representative of when you find somebody that you connect with 
in a place like that, then it feels like you're alone. But sure enough, yeah, like all around us, it was like, it was crazy. The movie I first saw you in was Southside by you. Congratulations on that. Still a beautiful film, which I, oh, I absolutely love. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the guys you played, Barack and Michelle in, in that, they, they, they've gone on to other lives now. You know, but back then they were, they were Barack and Michelle, but now they're sort of super film producers, icons of the world podcasters yeah. <laughs> they're different are you still do you still get i don't think get mistaken for right but do you still feel a connection to him do you still sort of follow him in that in a way yeah i do one thing i do try to tell my kids i mean you know, i'm a huge hip-hop fan when i'm growing up who snoop dogg was mm-hmm. and then who he is now <laughs> and they know some just e commercial just e commercial like i was talking yeah. about it with my kids just the other day and i said do you know what i, I still i quite like it i think he's pretty good yeah. in it but the journey and like like, you know, they've got Biggie, they've got a Jeff Koons balloon, and then a, uh, like, poster. I've been a Tupac <laughs> thing in their room, and Tupac, his journey. And I'm like, yo, he went from this to this to this. And so, what, Barack Obama, even meeting Henry Golden, just to, like, so hair hairdresser and Sloan Square, BBC travel host. He was on the cover of Harper's Bazaar Singapore before he was even, you know, an actor. And then now, a superstar. I love that. I love that, just like what we can do as humans. And so, yeah, man, Southside was special because I was just like, he walked these streets. This is, we actually shot on Michelle Obama's, not like her block, but it was the same street. And you're like, they walked these streets and now they got there. That's so inspiring. So yeah, I think I do carry that. I carry that like, yes, you can. You know that, like, I really do. Yeah, <laughs> good. Well, it's a great thing to carry. That's that's the inspiration that I think we all take from from their presidency and their, you know, their, their, their time yeah. and how different a time it was uh, from that which is now, although I don't <laughs> necessarily need to get into that. It's pretty obvious. It speaks for itself. But the other thing that always comes back with Southside with you is that, you know, you go on the date to see Do the Right Thing, a movie that keeps kind of, you know, hitting us with relevance every time yeah. since the Black Lives Matter movement and then since you know, the anniversary of Latin comes out and then Spike will come out with another movie that's the relevance of that 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 movie that you actually go and see as as your date in Southside View has the resonance too not just the characters yeah you know what and it makes me think about how I suppose as I get older and as we get older and whatever I do understand I can't wait to be like 80 because I mean there's a certain patience I suppose you just develop because I'm like hold on man when was that made and then and then you do research, and because of COVID, my children and I were watching a lot of sort of racial history and so forth documentaries. And you're like, wait a minute, the same thing happened in 1872, 1901. And you go, wait, God, humans, we take a while to learn a lesson, don't oh, we? Oh, man. And so I'm learning to just be a bit more patient, just like, all right. And Barack Obama said this in a, in a podcast with um, Mark Maron, where it's just like, you're the captain of the ship, turn too fast, tip over into the ocean. Uh, so Mark, what I do, it's two degrees, little by little, and you change direction. And it takes time, you know what I mean? It is what it is, man. It's nice to hear him again. <clears throat> um, yeah. it, it, well, now you're bringing that up and what you were watching there with the... I'm, I, I too was watching... The, I didn't watch Do the Right Thing with my kids. I did show them The Hate You Give. Uh, I thought that was the one that to, that would get the kids interested in the in the issues. Oh my, how old are you? Uh, 11 and 9. Oh, yeah. 11 and 8. Oh, yeah. well, there we go. We should have had a screening together. We can do it. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, Parker Sawyers, have you seen anything good lately? Oh, yeah, I have. The Challenger documentary. Oh. I think it's, I think it's what it's called on Netflix. I was up late last night. I had to finish it. <laughs> Watching this one. Yeah. You like space? I didn't. Well, yeah. I'm actually voicing a documentary on space right now. Um, but that's not why I was watching. I just, I just clicked on it. I was like, yeah, let's see. Done really well. I somehow wasn't aware of the 
of the accident of the explosion. Like I didn't, I don't know how, I mean, I was three when it happened, but mm-hmm. um, so I didn't know. Yo, it's uh, it's incredible. Number one, the slice of Americana, Ronald Reagan. Reagan, he really was a good speaker. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, wow, it's a good voice, good delivery. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a grandpa, you know? And then, yeah, the slice of Americana meaning like the, um, I don't know if you're aware, but like they invited a teacher. They had a they had a nationwide search for a teacher to go up to go up. St- yes, I, well, I remember what I, I don't know if we watched it. I, I was a little bit older than you, and I, I know. I mean, it was on the news. I don't know if I if we watched it live. Even we may have watched it live. Even Word, the shot. Wow. Yeah. So it was. I remember the day so totally yeah. well what a shock and i remember the teacher as well because we had teachers at school we were definitely the school kids so yeah, yeah. Wow. i haven't seen this documentary which must recapture because that that the sort of cut to the american psych at the time the the, the, the sort of mortal yeah. wound to, to american pride at the time must be yeah huge. so I, I, haven't, I haven't seen this doc but actually yeah it's a huge social really, thing i guess exactly it's really just really good i mean and to think i was three years old and, and also the technology and how wondrous that must have felt just to see, I'm like, wow, we're going up to space. This is incredible. And then for a tragedy to strike five. And it was a space shuttle. It was like then, a plane. It was like a plane we could all get on. It looked like the planes we took up to go on holiday, you know? Yeah. But then even to think, like, you know, I think of, um, who was it? Oh, no. JFK. JFK. Who assassinated him? This is awful. Lee Harvey Oswald. The correct. Man, it makes me think. I'm like, my mother, my mother's generation, you know, she was born in 1951. And I think... The things that they saw on TV. Yeah. <laughs> like live. So no ma- no wonder when they were raising me, they're like, TV's no good for you. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, now I understand. Yeah, right. It's it's just called Challenger, right? This uh this documentary. Yeah. yeah. So that's the one on Netflix. So we should we'll definitely watch that. Uh, what else have you been watching, Parker? What did I just watch? <gasps> oh, Amadeus. Really? Like, God, I love that film. I love it. And my my kids love it. They've been watching it since they were like four. It's we all play piano in the house and like we're kind of weird, you know, we're like a little lion pride or whatever. So we're kind of strange. So his laugh, ah, you know, <laughs> ah, 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 all that shit, man, we we um, we've been watching that. And then we've been learning the Salieri's March, dun, 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 you know, beautiful. Um, That's Tom Hulse and um, the, yeah, oh, F. Murray God. Abraham as uh, as uh, Salieri. In, uh... Can you imagine? When he and and then man, I've gotten deep into it. Right, there's a do, there's a documentary on YouTube. It's in Spanish, I want to say. It's got subtitles. And I, when so when Salieri's telling the story, it's all wrapped up. You know how the film begins. I believe that was his first day. His first day on set, and he tells the story. Do you know that one? He goes, Oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. That's charming. That more than mine. Mozart. Oh God, it's so good. Anyway, um, that's a good to know that so your we, kids love that one. I've shown that my, them that one, but that that's a good one. I mean, my kids are they're not very good at watching Avenger movies. Like they just don't. I think it's too much for them or something like that. Uh, Winston fell asleep. It's like an overload or something. Mm. But then we were watching Trading Places, Coming to America, like during COVID and stuff. And then my daughter, bless her heart, she's like, Why don't they make movies like this anymore? I go. That's what I'm saying. You know, I was like, that's what I'm saying. She's like, but just even, she's like, everybody's good. People with no lines, just the look. They're like, I go, I know. It was, it's, I don't know what it is, but I'm so happy that they they know. I love that they're looking at the extras and they're kind of, you know, admiring the performance of someone who's not got any lines. They're actors' daughters, actors' sons here, right? Yeah, but everybody's there, you know, everybody's present, everybody's, there's something up with our phones or something, man. I don't know what's going on. Performances sometimes, and I might be guilty of it too. 
But like, I'm just like, are we distracted or something? It just seems like older movies, they were there. They do have something. a different pacing. I, I also watched both of those, Trading Places and Coming to America in particular, which they, they, they did love Coming to America very much. But the pacing of them is very different, I think. Uh, yeah. And they're used, to a, they're used to a sort of much more polished Pixar kind of feel to the pacing. So um, that was, that was it's wait, interesting. Wait, wait, modern movies now? No, the, the modern movies are, are, are have a sort of very clinical pacing, whereas the older ones, they seem to allow yeah. a bit of looseness around them. So that's what... That's... Especially, yeah, and there's those little moments that take you by surprise where, and these are pork bellies, like bacon, as you might find in a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. And then Valentine looks at the camera. Oh, God. I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot how talented Eddie Murphy is. He just gave a thank you speech or something like that for, I think, an Emmy. And you can see his house in the background, and it looks like a museum. <laughs> and I go, well, you deserve it. God, man, you are talented. Is he Great. one of your, your acting heroes? I think so. I mean, I always, I loved him, but then, you know, like, oh, yeah, Eddie Murphy. And then watching, and then watching Coming to America... And then you think of Shrek, and then you think of Saturday Night Live. You go, whoa! And then the stand-up, and then you think of his age, and then his charisma, gravitas at like twenty-something, forty-eight hours, another forty. You go, oh my gosh! So then, yeah, it's time. I tell you, the other one they did love is uh, they love Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder together. Uh, they they watch Hear No Evil, uh, See No Evil, and they they they, they did love that. The, and they love Stir Crazy too. I showed them the uh, what were we watching? They've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. They've seen that part. But we haven't seen the movie. I don't know why we saw that. I got to show I got to show them that. They, they, they love that was funny. That Willy Wonka. You lose. Fizzy, listening drinks, you know that whole oh, man, the whole <laughs> breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, dude. There's so much to do. Are you listening to any music at the moment, Parker? What's what's your, what are your jams? A lot of Biggie. Um, Big Sean. Mm. Uh, Big Sean's new album is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of Kanye West, but I I mean, I, mm. I don't know, man. I play saxophone. I play guitar. I rap. I play piano. I think I know music quite well. He knows music. It's his ear. I tell you what. Aside from his politics, if you listen to uh, Dissect Dissect mm -hmm. podcast, there's a guy. He breaks down uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and there's stuff I didn't even. And I go, oh my gosh. I mean, for instance, there's something like power, you know. Uh, hey, we living in the 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better anybody you ever seen do it, whatever, right? So that one, he, he digs into and he was like, yo, this is in, I want to say E flat. It's something like that. But whatever key is in, he was like, that in classical music is known for the tragic hero. So Beethoven's you know, Fifth Symphony, da, 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 da. and he breaks it down and he goes, so this is why they chose, I'm like, yo, and then run away. Mm. No, devil, devil in a new dress mm -hmm. goes, it's like an unresolved uh, uh, chord. But it never finishes, but then, on Runaway, the next song in the album, it goes dun 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 And I was like, what? So like, it's stuff like that. Kanye is like, and his team, you know. Anyway, so I've been listening to him. Yeah, you certainly have. Hey man, what else? Lil Wayne's verse on Don Life for Big Sean. 
<laughs> he goes, I've been having conversations with the constellations. We keep the shit between us like a doctor patient. I told my strength that life is crazy. He said, life is crazy. And I go, that's so simple and beautiful. And my kids and I played it out. I was like, all right, you be my shrink. Life is crazy. And the shrink turns a piece of paper and he goes, life is crazy. You know what I mean? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> what else? It's um, great. It's like having little Wayne in the room, I tell you. And Kanye and uh, Barack <laughs> and Eddie as well. So t- t- we get, we get, we get. Mona Lisa from Lil Wayne as well is a hell of a storytelling. Um, but my kids memorized Biggie and they can rap it. They, they, give me the loot. They rap and they love all the nuances yeah it's a great track give me the loot. great film as well give yeah. me the loot i don't know if you ever saw that one there's a little u.s indie film called give me the loot where they kind of have to go and uh was it there's a, there's a mm-hmm. basket there's a baseball that you have to hit that explodes what's this said every every they said america and there's a there's a just like a tradition that they have to kind of explode this baseball and then they go and do this film that's a great little film a baseball me... yeah is it a baseball or a basketball why well, can't I remember? It's anyway, it's a great film called "Give Me the Loot." You know, there's no word. One, I'm gonna, I'm gonna it look it up myself. I haven't seen it for years since it came out. It's a great little U.S. street indie film with these kind of kids, kind of doing little heists, trying to kind of get no the word. Loot. Right. Yeah, a little recommendation for you. Why not? You've been so kind and recommended some great stuff for us, Parker Sawyer. Brilliant to see you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really Thank enjoyed the monsoon. I hope people flock to it because it's a gorgeous love story, uh, and you're great in it uh, opposite Henry Golding. And thanks so much for joining me on the show. Hey, thank you very, very much, man. And you can see Monsoon in cinemas and digitally. And if you like movies set in modern Asian cities, I am a sucker for those. This is a must. So wonderful stuff from my guests. I'm sure you'll agree. Thanks to Dave Johns and to Parker Sawyers for joining me and to you too for listening. Always a real pleasure to have you along. Don't forget to like and subscribe. It really helps knowing you're on board and what you're thinking. And if you want to get in touch, well, feel free. Let me know your thoughts and what you're watching by emailing saggle at jasonsolomons.com. And don't forget to tell me if you've seen anything good lately. See you soon. Bye. 